Stella made a beat, so it's go time. Welcome back to another edition of the Core 4 Podcast. The Core 4 is a podcast under SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. You can find them on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SB and Grizzlies. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. And so we're doing this a little different this week because, you know, we do the five questions feature ahead of every game with someone from the other site. And ahead of this Boston game, we actually have somebody on SB Nation Celtics blog, the other associate editor, Jack Noonan. Jack, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me on. It's a great little crossover I have. <laughs> very convenient for me. Oh, absolutely. And... The crossover here is very interesting because of one of the bigger subplots of the season for the Grizzlies is the pick they owe to Boston as throughout the season, and it's it's even lingered from uh, last season, to convey or not to convey. And so right now, the Grizzlies have this strong start, stronger than expected per se. I mean, they're 20 and 23 right now. Nobody really expected them to be at this point where they're in the playoff picture. And so as a Boston guy, how do you feel about this Grizzlies pick? Yeah, it's quite interesting because, you know, going into the season, kind of like you alluded to, it wasn't, um, I guess, quite so sure how the Grizzlies are going to do with a young team and just rebuilding, but restructuring, I say, with the young guys around them. And so that pick was going to be kind of up for grabs, similar to last year without, you know, hitting the lottery and all that. But it was going to be, you know, in the discretion of the team, which way they wanted to go with it. And now that they're sitting at the eight seed, it completely flipped. And now that pick that was thought to maybe even fall within the top six to roll over underprotected next year for Boston in 2021. Now it looks like it's going to be another, as a, you know, Boston perspective, another Sacramento Kings pick from uh, last year. And so it really is interesting how twice in two years, it's really kind of happened to Boston to where they thought they had a great asset. Now, looking like it's not going to be as good as it first thought was thought at the beginning of the season. Right. And that's usually kind of a, a complaint with, I guess, Danny Ainge, even though he did acquire these assets, like the Brooklyn picks and the Sacramento pick, and now the Grizzlies pick, is he's failed to cash in, aside from the Kyrie trade, to really move the needle in push that window up to now instead of five, 10 years. Granted, it has resulted in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, two guys that I think are all-stars this season. They're on my ballot for sure. But do you think with this Grizzlies pick that they should have capitalized on the asset while it was still hot? Or is there even anybody in this draft class, even though it's kind of weak, that you like on this Boston team? Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting question and one that's uh, debated. I know definitely in Celtics Twitter, the Twitterverse and everything like that. But I'm on the side that I don't 
disagree with what Danny Ainge has done. Maybe a few things here and there, but for the big blockbuster deal to trade with all these first round picks for a blockbuster name, because I mean, you can go through the litany of names that were always rumored because Boston is the rumor capital of the league and every uh, big signing or it's not signing, but big um, trade guy they could possibly get. And of course, all eyes look to Anthony Davis on that and Paul George and a few of these, um, I guess, trophies that you could get with all this asset collection and everything like that, like you were explaining. But I just don't completely agree with just throwing all the assets into one guy, especially when both those guys, especially with Paul George and Anthony Davis, said they were going to be there for one year or maybe two years and then get rid of them. And then you're back to square one if you don't win a title within um, those two years. Yes, titles cure everything, so it doesn't matter if you get the title. But in this league, you see how just tumultuous it is. So I don't completely agree with saying he did a bad job not cashing in all these assets. That being said, for the Grizzlies pick, it is a shame that it wasn't used earlier. I'm not really sure who they could got gotten for just the Grizzlies pick before. Before it was like going to be probably just outside the lottery, or I guess just barely in the lottery. Um, but you know, we'll see. I don't think there's many names this trade. I guess the trade block that um, look enticing for the Celtics to get. They need big man help, and there's really no. I mean. Andre Drummond rumors are just <laughs> disgusting, in my opinion, because <laughs> he's not the solution the Celtics made. But um, kind of just, it'll be interesting to see where this Memphis pick goes, and if it will just be taken to draft a guy around the you know ten to sixteen range. But we'll see with that. Right, and it's one of those things too. It's with Boston. It's super interesting because you mentioned guys like Andre Drummond, and I I agree with you. I don't like the fit with him at all. I, I mean, I actually saw a trade earlier today that said smart Drummond or smart Cantor in the Memphis pick for Andre Drummond. I would hang up the phone. That's yeah. a terrible trade. Yeah, that's no. I would I would do the same. Yeah, and it's a weird conundrum with them because they have a lot of these big contracts like Gordon Hayward, and then Jalen Brown's extension is going to kick in. I mean, obviously he's untouchable. Jason Tatum's untouchable. But then there's no in-between, really, aside from Marcus Smart, and who's, correct me if I'm wrong, he's the heart and soul of the team. Like, Absolutely. You have, you have yeah. Kemba, you have Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. But Marcus Smart's that X-factor because he can, despite his size, he can guard all five positions on the floor. He's become a potent three-point shooter. I honestly did a giant WTF when I saw his uh, box score the other day, and he went 11-22 from three. He has that attitude. I guess it's similar to a few, uh, few Grizzlies that have that attitude. If they make one, they're going to keep shooting and, and just see what happens after the end of the game. It's funny, but the, a perfect no-no-yes type of guy. Right. And so another, you mentioned this as a, a failed return on investment, the, the Sacramento pick. And they used that on Romeo Langford. And in the process... They passed on Memphis Grizzly Brandon Clark, who's arguably looking like a top five rookie in this draft class right now with his high efficiency, his surprisingly decent all-bite low-volume three-point percentage, and his defensive versatility. And as we've seen right now, the Boston Celtics are really searching for a big man in that 4-5 mold, someone who could probably play a little small ball five but also play the four. Is there any resentment 
on passing on Brandon Clark, not even just once. They passed on him twice. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely was not ideal. And going into the draft, I was a big Brandon Clark fan, um, as I know you are as well. So it was just kind of <laughs> very frustrating with taking Romeo Langford, who was injured most of his college career, and then trading away the pick uh, right before Brandon Clark got taken to get uh, or to fall back two spots to get Grant Williams, which, of course, as a Tennessee grad, I love Grant Williams all my heart and soul, but Brandon Clark is better than Grant Williams, and that's just undeniable. So it is very frustrating to see him as at least I was thinking, obviously my opinion doesn't mean too, too much, but a lot of other people saw Brandon Clark becoming what he is right now. And like you said, a possible top five rookie in this class. And it is very frustrating that he fell by us twice and fell all the way to 21. So it's, it's great for the Grizzlies. I'm very, very excited for the Grizzlies having him on there. But as you know, my fandom is still lies with the Celtics, and so I do wish that would have been a perfect, perfect fit for our uh, front court issues right now. Yeah, I'm actually. I've said this to different people over the past few weeks. I'm salivating at the idea of if they were to have taken Clark 14 and kept Thibel, if they would have run yeah. out of a five of smart. Actually, no, they could do, yes, yeah, Smart, uh, Thibel, Tatum, Brown, and Brandon Clark. Dang, yeah. <laughs> well, I just got bummed for the night, but uh, no, that's a great point. It really is. I mean, the possibilities with those picks that we see now that we didn't really see on draft night because it, it looked like it was going to be a down class, but some of those names are just like, that would have been an incredible defensive lineup right there. Yeah, absolutely. And so moving on to the actual, the main event, really, the game. Um, we're getting a first look at John Morant versus Kimba Walker. Um, and what are your thoughts on that? Because I think that could be one of the more electrifying John Morant matchups that nobody's talking about. Yeah, I completely agree because it'll be nice one to let the Boston fans and um, everyone at TD Garden see John Morant in person. And just, of course, I get to see him with the Grizzlies all the time, but no one's, I mean, people are finally starting to talk about him, but before, you know, it was just a rookie. And so now um, the Boston crowd will get to see him firsthand. And I do think he's going to have a very good game because if, you know, offense is the name of the game for Kimba Walker. And so on defense, he is, he's probably struggling a little bit. He's gotten a lot better this year, which is like his underlying numbers uh, actually point higher than they have um, over his career, but a lot has to do with Brad Stevens' system compared to uh, his Charlotte days. But either way, um, I think it's going to be a good matchup for John Moran. I think he's going to go in there and score a lot, and he knows, we all know he um, loves the main stage, and so this is one of the ideal venues for him to just go off and show a um, big basketball city how he plays, and It'll be impressive to watch him against, like like I said, kind of a average defender that he could take advantage of. Absolutely, and we are here with Jack Noonan, the other GBB associate editor and a writer over at Celtics Blog, wrapping up here. And so, Jack, I really, when I first went to you about this five question thing, I said future finals matchup because I'm. I'm high on both future outlooks. I mean, obviously, the Grizzlies, they have Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Brandon Clark, and whether or not guys like D'Anthony Melton and Dylan Brooks are on the long-term view, we'll wait and see. 
But the future is bright with Memphis and the players and assets they have. But also with Boston, I know it's one of those things, Kyrie's gone, Al Horford's gone, but they still have Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and for now, Gordon Hayward. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown could be two of the best wing, young wings in the NBA over the next decade. And they're on the same team under a brilliant head coach like Brad Stevens. So what is your outlook with these two teams? And I know it's very hyperbolic to say, but something that can actually be a future finals matchup down the line. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's very promising for both teams. You went over it very well and kind of describing just all the youth and young assets that the team has that they're building on. And just like the sky's the limit for both these teams. And for the Celtics, um, most of these guys are starting to get locked up on long-term deals. Their rookies, the rookie contracts are expiring. And it's starting to kind of make sure that the Celtics have the, or I guess they're playing for the Celtics, um, for the foreseeable future. And that's very, very important, especially in this day and age where it's all, um, you know, players who go every which way in a drop of a hat. So um, for that, for the Celtics, at least, it's good to see, start and see some of these contracts be locked down. And that the, like you said, for the next decade, these names should be in Celtics jerseys. Granted something strange happens or um, something happens with that. But for the Memphis Grizzlies, it's the same way. It's, these guys are all on rookie contracts right now. And so if they could just build like the Celtics have and try to get those guys under long-term extensions when their uh, rookie deals are up, it could be these core, you know, three or four guys on the team, like you said, for the next decade. And with those, that potential, that absolutely sets up for a possible violence matchup. Absolutely. And Jack, thanks again for joining us this week on the core four do you have anything to say before we wrap up the show not much else i'm really excited for this game it'll be first one against these two teams and the next one's in march i believe so uh it's it's exciting and and the best team win (laughs) i can't i go for the celtics but of course would love for the grizzlies to play hard absolutely jack let the best team win and so guys i know this was a short episode but don't worry, you can catch last night's GBB Live with myself, Joe Mullinax, and Mike Prada talking about Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and some veteran contracts leading into the trade deadline. You don't want to miss that. You also don't want to miss tonight's Grizzlies and Celtics game at 6.30 on Fox Sports Southeast. Be sure to keep up with every GBB Live, Core 4, and 3ND podcast on the GBB Podcast Network which you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your podcast. Be sure to follow the blog on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies, the podcast on Twitter at the Core 4 Podcast with the number four, not the word four. You can follow Jack Noonan on Twitter at JNoonan1307 and follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. And with that, we'll see you next week.